0: All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Mary McCartney, who is an author and speaker. Mary, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Timmy. Thanks so much for inviting me to be on your show and uh, letting me speak about the things that I get really excited about.
0: Yeah, of course. That is what the show is for. So let's go ahead and (laughs) jump right in. If you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun.
1: That'd be great. Oh, fun is, should be my middle name. I really enjoy life. I think it's, a, as I mentioned earlier to somebody, that life is a gift meant to be lived every day, unwrap it every day, see what it has for us. So I'm all about fun, but uh, I'm not reckless. I'm not irresponsible. I am um, right now. I'm 71 years old. I am a widow. I raised four boys pretty much on my own after, I've had quite the, the, the struggle in life. Things have not always gone well. I'm, I'm kind of an overcomer. I, um, I, I could tell you a whole lot about my background, what I've been up to, but primarily enough to say that many, many challenges that most people don't have with adoption, divorces, remarriage, and then my husband passed away. So my, my third husband. And so just so you're not too shocked. I mean, I was his third wife, so we were really well matched. And, um, you know, I just realized with his passing that, you know, life really can throw a curve. I looked after him for four years when he was um, debilitated. He had a, a, a terminal illness, a, a, um, almost like an ALS. It just robbed him of use of his body. So I cared for him. And I really understood that, you know, our time is not our own, so to speak. We don't know what's in store for us. And just wasting a day is, you know, very precious. It's the one non-renewable resource we have. So am I about fun? Absolutely, Timmy. I do a lot of crazy things and my kids are used to me by now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And I love the fact that you are such an overcomer and Mm -hmm. in the midst of all the struggle you've had, you take the time to really enjoy life. I do.
1: And people wonder how come I am this way. And, uh, you know, it's not something I can really take a whole lot of credit for. I think I've been blessed in many, many ways. It's just that I recognize that I don't really like me a whole lot when I'm down and depressed and feeling sorry for myself. And I thought, if I don't like my company, nobody else is going to. And so I, I just personally can't stay there. It's just, um, it it just robs me of any opportunity to change things. So um, I learned early on that, you know, I pretty well up to me to make the first move, let's say, because maybe somebody's, oh, I've had a lot of help. People will come and help you, but um, only if you're willing to make some changes, I think.
0: Mm. I love that. I love that. I think that's so true. Well, tell us a little bit more about being an author and a speaker and anything else that you do
1: I have really enjoyed my uh, second career, if you will. As I mentioned, I went through a lot of things. So um, my birth mother gave me away when I was six. I was in foster care. I was adopted by I would have called them at that time elderly. <laughs> they were in their 40s, but they had no children and didn't really know anything about kids and adopted me at seven. And I came with baggage. There's no question about that, With but I'd been through up till then. And so after 12 years, I thought I knew everything. I wasn't happy. And I just left home and got married. I was engaged, but I quit halfway through our final year of high school here. Thought I knew everything. Came as a shock to me many years later when I realized just how little I knew. And so I ended up going to university. I wrote an entrance exam and they figured I could do it. And I went to university and became a high school teacher. And actually that's where I met my third husband because I tried the the marriage and divorce thing, marriage and divorce thing, I slow learner, I think. (laughs) So um, once I had finished teaching and basically retired from that career, I realized that I, I thought maybe some of the things that I'd learned the hard way might be helpful to other people. So I started doing some workshops and some women's uh, self-care uh, workshops and things like that to kind of pass along some of the struggles that I'd had because if there's an easier way to do things, then you know I was all for that. So I didn't want my my stubbornness, my slow learning, my... Mm, lack of, of wanting to, you know, do things by the book, so to speak. I didn't want that to be somebody else's uh, life journey when it could be different. So I had a great life teaching high school. I loved the kids and I was very straight with them. I thought I made a better teacher having come into it at 40 than I would have right out of high school because I brought with me a different sense of what life was about. And I, I thought that you know some of my lessons would be meaningful. So from there, it just seemed natural. As you can tell, I love to talk. So speaking wasn't hard. And then writing about my journey became sort of the next thing.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. I love it. That is a uh wealth of life experience and I love the perspective of like I was a better teacher at 40 for that life experience and for that perspective, which now is helping me be a speaker and an author. Yes. So I feel like you touched on it a little bit already, but why don't you go ahead and tell us about your motivation in life? What gets you up and keeps you going every day?
1: <laughs> well we've already mentioned fun. I'm all about fun, trying new things. Uh, as I mentioned, my some of my family thinks I, I'm a little strange. And that's quite all right. I can live with being a little strange because I I try new things. So last summer, I went all around Ontario. I'm from Ontario, Canada, Toronto, of course, everybody's familiar with. And because of the COVID situation, I really couldn't go too far. So I had planned this whole trip of going across Canada, doing the provinces, the territories, doing a six-month tour of speaking. And of course, with COVID, I couldn't. So one of the things that I do for motivation, and I don't know how you feel about this, Timmy, but it really works for me. Uh, I tell people what I'm going to do, and then I feel like an idiot if I don't follow through. So I told everyone I was doing this trip. So I got myself a little Ford Transit Connect van, like a little cargo van, four by four foot kind of box on the back. And one of my boys converted it to a little mini camper. And so I couldn't go too far, but I went all over Ontario. So what was my motivation is because I told people I was going to do that. And I don't think there are too many um, widows my age that might decide that they're going to just go and tour all over the place by themselves. In fact, I really didn't know that I had the chutzpah to do it. I was afraid that I thought, I'm going to go out there for three days and think, oh, I can't do this. I'm like, I'm scared of the dark, which is really kind of funny thing for me. i was <laughs> sleeping in my van at night but, <laughs> by myself. So that I thought what I could get out there and you know decide after three days that I couldn't do it. And I found out I could do it and I loved it. And I put over 13,000 kilometers on my vehicle. I went to all of the borders of Ontario across the the bottom south part, up around the north, all the way to the western border, and also to the eastern ones. So I was excited about having done that. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people that would think that that's a scary thing to do, and they would never do that. But I thought that for a moment, and then I realized what joy I got out of it. What I learned, the pictures I have, the memories I made, the people I met. So I'm all about... What motivates me? I'm all about sharing with people that they can do things. Go do it. Get out of the house. Get off the couch. Go go live. So is that my motivation? I had I've read a lot of people that have written motivational books. When I went through two divorces, one after the other, of course, uh, the second one darn near killed me. Um, didn't want to be a two-time loser. I was really struggling. I felt I didn't belong anywhere. I'd been given away. I, you know, Things had not gone well for me. So I read a lot and what I call now wisdom literature. So I just didn't have a lot of people to be my allies, if you will. So I just found them in the library. Yeah. So they motivated me
0: a lot. I love that. I love that. I really appreciate the message. Of really just going to try something and particularly in your story right there you said you were scared and
1: yes. then on the
0: other side of it you experienced a lot of joy and i think that is often the reality for the action that we want to take like it's very scary but a lot of the things that we worry about i think it's like 95 percent 90 to 95 percent never happen. and if 90 to 95 percent of the things we don't we worry about don't happen That means there's a lot of positive stuff that's happening because we worry about a lot of things.
1: I think you're absolutely right, Timmy. I I know I have friends that, uh, oh, I could never do that. And it's fear. It's fear. And unfortunately, um, we've really spent the last two years dealing a lot with fear. And uh, it's really going to be difficult for some people to get beyond that. But the reward is in rising to the occasion. I, I just find it very hard as a speaker, as an English teacher, as a writer, words really sometimes fail me. And I can't get across what's in my heart, you know, how, how overjoyed I am that not only the experience that I had, but my, my self-esteem, my sense of pride in being able to do something like that. Um, a long time ago, I, I attended as a teacher, I attended some workshops on making kids feel good. You know, you want to boost their self-esteem. Well, you know, you got to tell them they're, they're great people, you know, just keep telling them they're good. Well, my experience as, a, as an adult and uh, my life and also as a teacher, I don't believe self-esteem just comes from being told you're an okay person i think it comes from accomplishment it comes from rising to an, a challenge and and overcoming it and really feeling good about yourself i don't think self esteem comes from just giving out false praise and i never did that as a teacher i ne- <laughs> i wasn't there to be their best friend and believe me i wasn't but uh, you know what they the good marks they got they earned and i was really proud of them so i feel good about the fact that i had done that and you know, it was just something so uh, so big. I'd never done anything quite that big before, so I don't know. I just like I said, words fail to explain the reward for meeting the challenge. Does that make sense?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. I think it's something people just have to go out and find that challenge that's in their life and experience mm-hmm. it to finally understand kind of what it meant to you.
1: mm-hmm. And it's not going to be the same thing for everybody. Not everybody wants to do what I've done. So I don't have a bucket list. I have a a, a joy of life. I don't have a bucket list. If something comes across that I'm able to do, I jump on it. So last year, like I've been a good swimmer most of my life. I taught swimming to the military when I was a lot younger and a lot more fit. Uh, So I'm not afraid of water. So I decided, why not try paddle boarding? Well, I was the entertainment on the beach that day, and that's quite all right. I had, there were a a number of just young men that came up from Toronto to we were up on Lake Huron. And they were very encouraging. They were very helpful. They hid their smiles and their chuckles until I started laughing at myself. And we had a wonderful afternoon. I went horseback riding in the fall. I hadn't been horseback riding in, oh, 45 years maybe. And am I going to jump out and do it again? Probably not too soon, but I wanted to go. It was a beautiful day and it was awesome. So what it is that people want to do, that doesn't matter. I think it's important that they find find within themselves to, to get out there and do something. Because I believe there are a lot of people that are a lot older than me. Sitting in places, regretting the things that they never did. Hmm. Not the things they did. Studies tell us they regret what they didn't do. And I'm not going to be one of them, Timmy. <laughs> just,
0: no, you I'm are just, not. not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to go up quietly.
0: <laughs> you be, you're gonna be 96 flight. I'm going to go run a marathon right now. <laughs>
1: I don't know about that. <laughs> I might get out of the couch and walk part way with them. How about
0: yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. Awesome. Well, I know you said you don't have a bucket list, but let's go ahead and jump into your dreams and goals. If you have them, what are they?
1: Oh, what are they? Um, I went to Mexico for the month of February and a little bit of March, and I got thinking about my van being a a summer Canadian thing. And I got thinking, there's no reason why I have to stay in my house. I mean, I pay rent. I live with my oldest son. That was temporary. It's been a few years now. It's just because it works for us. And, um, you know, my stuff is here and that's fine. And I realized what little stuff I needed. I mean, I have a four by four foot box, basically, I live in. So you can imagine there's not a lot of space there. I've got a sofa and I pull out part of it and I make my bed and it's as comfortable as if I'm at home. But I got thinking while I was in Mexico that there's no reason why I can't meander around the West coast of the States. I've never been there and wander around across the Southern parts. And maybe even, I don't know, mate, what would it be like for me to, to um, drive down into Mexico? I don't know. One of my boys and his wife are moving to Puerto Vallarta in August. So I've invited myself for Christmas So I'm thinking that with dreams and goals that I don't think as long as I am fit enough and capable of not just caring for myself, but I have to stand on my tippy toes to pull out the extension of my bed and then try and step up on top of it and then try and make my bed. You know, that takes a lot of dexterity. So as long as I can do it, I'm good. When I can't, I'll have to find something else to do. But for now, it's kind of like, keep on doing what I can while I can for as long as I can, because the day will probably come when my body is going to say you're older than your mind thinks it is. Hmm. So I'm just going to maximize opportunities.
0: There we go. I love it. (laughs) Well, if there were one or two people that you can meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person. And they'd really help you maximize opportunities. Who would they be and how would they do it?
1: okay. Um, I would probably like to meet up with the Minister of Seniors in Canada and work out some kind of a program or a plan with them that will allow me to go out and touch them. Now, bear in mind that I'm talking about getting out and doing things and 80-year-olds probably may not be too interested in that, but I don't know what uh, Austin, Texas is like, but you know, most places around here, you know, you kind of get to be a senior at 55. Of course, my attitude was always don't rush me already, you know. So But those people who are early retirement, let's say starting around 60, to to work up a program with them, that's going to get a message out to people that now's the time. Don't put it off. We never know what time we have. You may not get later. I may not get later. We only have what we have. And so planning to wait is not necessarily a good thing. And like I said earlier, I, I don't think I'm a reckless, careless person, but you you put things off that you can maybe never get to. And maybe like my husband, he was struck down with an illness in 2013. My husband was one of the um, top swimmers for uh, competitive swimming for his age group in Canada. And I uh, set records. And then all of a sudden, of course, life takes a turn and he is debilitated and can't move and ends up in a wheelchair. So personally, that taught me that you can't wait. There were things that we wanted to do as a couple later in life. I mean, it took us three tries to get it right. And all of a sudden, you know, he's not around. So we, I learned that, you know, you need to kind of do that. So what, who would I like to meet? I would like to meet that person that would be able to open doors and say, um, let's find a way to get out and, and make people, I hate that term, I shouldn't say that, make people, to in, to motivate, inspire people to become conscious of time. I think we're unconscious about time.
0: I could not agree more. You know, even talking to you about this, I'm I'm 22. So I knew you
1: were a young fella. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean I'm a young guy. So you, you sure think I have are. a lot of time, right? But
1: well, there's... you will. Everybody your age will think that time is unlimited.
0: Exactly. But there are 22-year-olds that die every day. Yes,
1: unfortunately.
0: There are. And it's very sad. And even more than that, there are way more 22-year-olds that waste their days every day. And they're going to look up and they're going to be 32 and then 42. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, even like the sense of urgency I have to like get into a line of work that I love, that energizes me, or to spend the time with my loved ones, or to... You know, take the trip I want to take, or start the podcast I want to start. You know, all that stuff. Um, I have a sense of urgency about me that sometimes I forget because I become unconscious of time. Because I'm like, well, I've done enough for now. I'm way ahead of other people who are 22, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's like, no. Like, is this how If you were to die tomorrow, would you be happy with how you spent today? Well, that's that's a big question, and I think more people should ask themselves that
1: question. I have said, not that I'm in a hurry to go. I have grandchildren I want to see grow up. My boys started late in life, so I've got two six-year-old grandchildren. Um, So, I mean, I'm not in a hurry to check out. But I am a very contented person. I don't, you know, by some people's standards, I'm not rich. By my standards, I'm wealthy beyond measure. Um, If I needed to go... (laughs) uh, you know, I'd be real I, I, there's lots I'd still like to do, but I am content because I realized that the joy in my life comes from living and spending time with my loved ones and and having my prior, priorities right for me. I mean, everybody has different priorities, right? Yep. I mean, at twenty two, I mean, I was struggling like crazy and I was getting nowhere fast and I felt like, you know, when I was twenty four, actually I went and researched my adoption. Because I thought, I must belong to somebody. Somebody's got to take credit for me. But that's a whole different story that we won't go down. It was just another, it was just a big disappointment. Things didn't turn out the way I'd hoped. But this, this consciousness, this is this awareness that you might end up, not you personally, but people in general, might end up in that rocking chair on the porch, regretting so much. And that's what I'm all about. Like regret minimization. It's it, living with regrets is a terrible way to end your days. It is. You know, but where do you, where does one start? Like 22, you're way ahead of people. If you're in that zone, where do people start? Where do they need to start? You know, where do we ring the bell and say, you know, it's yeah. time.
0: Absolutely. I love it. Time consciousness.
1: Mm-hmm. Sounds like a book.
0: (laughs) Sounds like you're going to write it.
1: Well, I was thinking of you, Timothy, actually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I might have to add it to my list. I have a running list. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, now we're going to jump into our, actually, let's see, most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you accomplish your dreams of maximizing opportunities. What other people can do? Everyday people, the people that you walk by in the grocery store, how can they help you out?
1: Oh, wow. First of all, they can give me a hug. (laughs) I love hugs. Um, I met a lot of people in Mexico. I'm very friendly and I go and I introduce myself to people. And what I've actually said to Timmy, Timmy is kind of things that people don't hear is like, I have a Facebook group and it's called Don't Die Before You're Dead. And I invite people to come and join my group primarily to tell me where to go. I haven't traveled all over Canada. I haven't traveled through the States. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I should go, where I shouldn't go. So I invite people I meet, everyday people, say, hey, come on my Facebook group. Teach me what I need to know about this crazy thing I'm doing and tell me where to go, what to see, because I don't know what I'm doing. So that's how everyday people can help me to share their experiences, where they've been, things that they've loved, things that I should go see and per- maybe participate in, you know, like everybody has been somewhere. And primarily right now, now I was on a podcast not that long ago from a fellow with a fellow in Chicago. And he says, Oh, you're going to come through Chicago. And I went, don't know, let's do Canada first. Cause that was sort of my original plan, but that doesn't mean I won't. I mean, God willing, me able, I can still climb up in the back of my van. Um, Who knows where I'll be this time next year? Yeah. But yeah, tell me where to go and what to do when I get there.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. There we go. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And the first question is, what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one.
1: Oh, my favorite movie I'll pick. And it was my favorite when I actually was teaching high school. I taught in high school English as well as a lot of other subjects. One of my favorite movies to really get talking with the kids about was uh, Dead Poet Society with Robin Williams. Great
0: movie.
1: I don't know if you've seen it, but it's it's great for it's a great inspirational movie, and it's about. Not conforming to what everybody else wants to do, that you basically, my message, you have one life to live. And I don't think it's, I don't think we can ignore what people suggest to us about like parents or grandparents, well meaning loved ones who would like to give us that advice. But we can't live other people's lives. We really need to live our own. Be our own person. It's our one life. Our parents will be gone by the time we get to be old. And if we're sitting in that rocking chair, regretting what we haven't done, well, no one else is going to have our regrets. Your friends might be well-meaning. So forgive you. For instance, when my husband and I decided we were going to buy a sailboat, because we were teachers, we had the summers off, Most of our friends thought we were crazy. Oh, you're starting teaching. You're starting your career late in life. You don't have that much time to make a lot of money and for your retirement and you shouldn't be doing that. I am so glad we didn't listen to them because my husband and I did buy a sailboat, even though neither one of us knew how to sail. We learned. (laughs) But I think of all the memories. We sailed for 14 years and we learned as we went. We had some wonderful times. We had some scary times. But when I think of all the memories that I have of our time together, if we hadn't done that or put it off till later, I wouldn't have those. Those would be my regrets. My friends wouldn't regret that for me. We only, we regret our own choices. Nobody's gonna regret them for us even if we do what they suggest we do. So that's kind of like the example that I would probably wanna give.
0: I... (laughs) I love that you just said that. Nobody is going to regret my choices for me because so many people, including myself, I mean, we're just wired this way to just people please make decisions based on other people's opinions. And I played football for a long period of time in my life. And I think this is part of the reason why I'm so, uh, at least not so time conscious, but to the extent that I am, I'm time conscious is because From about eight to 18, I lived other people's lives. And um, right at 18, you know, I got to college to play football and I was miserable and I I was depressed. You know, I had some suicidal ideation going on in high school of like, if a bus came out of the sky and hit me, it would be better than doing what I'm doing because I want to relieve the pressure that was on me.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can believe
0: that. Yeah. And um, so anyway, I ended up quitting football for that very reason. I realized I'm going to spend the next four years of my life being miserable, absolutely hating everything. And nobody at home is going to care. They're not even going to see me play. All these people I was playing for, the people I thought I had to please, the lives I thought I had to live, they're not even going to see it. I could quit right now. And they would wake up tomorrow and go to work go to school, do the exact same thing they were doing, but it's either I'm miserable or I'm not miserable. And it's like, when I had that realization, oh my gosh, it's just, wow. It's a beautiful thing.
1: That's awesome to And to have it so young, many, many people never have it, let alone wow. to recognize it at that age. And so you know, you share that message with people. That's an important message. You get that out there. You write that book. Uh, (laughs) You do your podcast. I mean, that is, that's mind-blowing to me that you recognize that within yourself. That gets back to that whole being conscious thing that I think we tend to, well, when I'm speaking and I'm out there, I'm a bit of a clown, as you probably have figured out already. But I dress up in costumes sometimes, or I get out and I act out parts. And as part of my English teacher, I'd go out and play all the roles in Shakespeare and whatnot. But i get on this hamster wheel. And that's what it's like, you know, get up, go to work, come home, go to get up, go to work, come home, go to get up, go to work, come home, go to work. And how, who lives there? Most people live there. And I have to admit, I did too for a time. Until I realized that, well, actually, between my first and my second husband, I really, I had two boys to raise. I didn't know what I was doing. I jumped too fast. I married the same type of guy again. You think I, I told you I was a slow learner. I had six years between my second husband and going to, then I went to university and I met my, my third husband in teacher's college. But I had six years for me and my children. I mean, I, you know, I still need to take care of them. Yeah. Much teenage boys eat probably do anyway. So for six years, I was kind of like focusing on getting my head screwed on. And so when I met my third husband and he was in teacher's college and we both ended up with, you know, we had identical paths and we thought alike, he had the same wacky humor I had. And, you know, but I had to take that time and that's that wisdom literature. That's where I had to get out of my own head and learn from somebody else and to become conscious because up until then, I wasn't conscious. And I think that might be a big, it might be a big topic, a big issue to handle is awareness. Are we really aware? Yeah. You obviously have started, wow, you're going to do great things.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate
1: that. Well, you've, you've already started. You're, you're well on your way to, to live your purpose. You're looking for your purpose and you've decided for yourself what it, what it is, what it needs to be for you. And um, boy, there's no stopping somebody who can do that.
0: Thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Awesome. Well, what is one way you like to take care of yourself?
1: Oh, this is going to sound really weird. But that's okay. I've already confirmed I'm weird. <laughs> since since I was a um since I left home and got married the first time, and really you probably figured out that I didn't have two cents to rub together. Like I mean, I just basically ran away from home, although I would have denied it at the time. Um the one thing that really brought me great joy, stress-relieving self-care, I read voraciously. I always read before I go to bed. So I'm learning. And I read a lot of uh, nonfiction. I read a lot of motivational, inspirational type books. So I could find out what I needed to learn. Um, But I I did a lot of that actually soaking in the tub. It was the only way to get away from the kids. It's Mm -hmm. like, don't even think about knocking on that door. (laughs) If you need to go, go to the neighbors. (laughs) So that was my... That was my only place to get away for myself. So I read a lot. And even to this day, there's a lot of times when I will do a lot of my planning, my podcast plans and whatnot. And I just soak in the tub and I have my paper and my pen and I'm just making notes. And but sometimes I watch Netflix on my phone in the tub, but it's not all it's not all work. But that's that's my self-care really is is having that time for myself.
0: There we go. I love it. And what is one action step you can take right now, or continue to take, because you are all about that action, to really <laughs> maximize those opportunities or meet the Minister of Seniors in Canada?
1: Well, I'm doing a lot of emails, a lot of writing. Um, our our uh, situation here, probably like most places, there's still a lot of hesitancy about group settings, and uh, so I need. With gas prices, I don't know what what it's like in Austin. Gas prices here they're absolutely absurd. Yep, same. For your gallons, I'm liters, so you know I think it's four liters. My four liters, so I'm we're about a dollar seventy-five a liter. So four of those to your gallon. Oh yeah. So two would be three fifty, so four would be seven bucks, seven dollars a gallon.
0: Oh, we're well, like I'm thinking. We're like, Uh, I
1: taught English, not math. So check that out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, I think you're right. We're about $4 a gallon though.
1: I I think we're about close to seven because I think it's four liters make a gallon or pretty close. So that would be like $7.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Maybe that's California, but not Texas.
1: (laughs) Wow. So here I am planning this cross country trip. I need to look at doing some fundraising. I've been writing some journals I made up a a journal that actually I've uploaded onto Amazon on uh, it's a, it's a road trip journal. So I've created this out of what I had experienced last summer being out and about. So it's a road trip journal. I've also made a, a walking log book. So I need to be promoting the sales of some journals that I've done as well as look at some opportunities to book, get some bookings and go speaking. I've got a book called don't die before you're dead. So that, so it's, it's, I need to be highly promotional in order to, um, put gas in the tank. Basically. I mean, food and, and housing is going to be the same. So I'll just climb in the back of my truck, um, or my van, but, uh, her name's Betty, by the way. So Betty is my van. And uh, the reason she's called Betty is because that's what my mother-in-law called me. Mm. And we never knew why. <laughs> But uh, so that's basically what I need to do. Write lots of letters. Anybody out there that's, that's listening, um, if you're looking for a speaker to come and speak and share messages, then uh, I'd be open to having a conversation with them.
0: There we go. I love it. Well, the last question is, requires a bit of pretext. Okay. You know how there are people on the planet who have a really fixed mindset. They're not willing mm-hmm. to accept help. They're not willing to accept change. Sometimes they'll live their whole life like that. And sometimes they'll die like that, unfortunately. Yes. Other times they'll make that switch in their life to more of a growth mindset, willing to accept help and willing to accept change. In -hmm. your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that switch?
1: Oh, wow, Timmy, that's a huge question. That's a huge question. I'm thinking of a woman I taught with that would walk into the staff room every day with this (gasps) and no one wanted to ask her how she was. We tried, but she had absolutely no intentions of ever changing that. Like you said, she was quite content. What would be the catalyst? Um, I've had a lot of, as I mentioned, a lot of struggles in my life that have kind of been like a rubber band that has always kind of shot me forward. because I refuse to accept defeat, I guess I'm pretty headstrong that way. I don't know what, I don't think we can help someone else with that. I think it's totally internal and whether it's something they read, uh, something they see a movie, something that they feel it, I think it has to be highly supercharged emotional. It could be the loss of somebody very close to them. I don't know that I have the answer for that because I think if I did, I'd write another book and I'd be wealthy. I'd be on the speaking tour all over the place, but no, it's a, it's a good question to me. It really is. What would, what would it take to motivate somebody, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, you, you've
1: already spoken about where you got to the place you got to the end of yourself. Yep. That changed you. Do we all have to get to the end of ourselves?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a great question. It's usually the conclusion that people come to, you know, rock bottom. They're like, people yeah. just hit rock bottom um, yeah. and then they'll change. But the thing that always confuses me about that is that some people hit rock bottom and don't change or what is perceivably rock bottom at least outside looking in and don't change. And they say like that their whole life and stay. Probably, but it's
1: probably well, off the top of my head. Not that I'm not that I am a medical expert by any means, but I would think there are so many people who live in denial that their rock bottom is not self-induced. So if they're blaming other people, they know that they're not going to get other people to do anything differently. So it's not incumbent upon them make change because they did
0: it to them Mm. just just a thought (laughs) i like that actually takes me back to um a book by jocko willink extreme ownership oh that sounds good yeah he just talks about taking ownership over everything and how it's a very empowering thing to do and a lot of people let their power get taken from them because they don't take ownership Mm -hmm. victim Mm -hmm. mindset so um
1: that's true That's true. Well, we are responsible. We are exactly where we are this moment in time, even you and I sitting here speaking together, because of all the choices that we made along the way, our choices, every time I used to say to my students at school, you know, you don't have to do it. You don't have to come to school. Oh, yeah, I do. I said, No, you don't. You don't have to do your homework. You don't have to do anything you don't want to. Oh, my mother would kill me. I said, well, I mean, if that's the consequence of you're not coming, I mean, that's the choice you make, right? Your mother kills you or you come to school. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's how you perceive things. Absolutely. It's, it's how we're. And, you know, I was just going to say how we're taught in all fairness to some people, you know, some really didn't get a good shake out of the starting gate and, you know, just hope and pray somebody comes alongside them and gives them an opportunity to learn some things that maybe they weren't fortunate enough to learn. Yeah. Through what we have as a normal course of life.
0: Yeah. I mean, so much of life is the right information.
1: Mm -hmm. Knowledge is, knowledge makes a difference.
0: It does. It really does. And acting on that information, of course.
1: Well, that's true. That's true. You can't just sit and uh, think about, well, it's like that, uh, The Secret, when it came out all those years ago, and you're probably way too young to remember all that stuff, but um, it was all about um, the law of attraction. Actually, my husband and I wrote a book on the law of attraction. Oh, um, It's actually a workbook. It, it, it's a workbook you have to do something right yeah. so it's not just sitting and waiting for the world to descend and give you everything you want it's actually putting it into action and if if you don't do it like you could just sit there forever and think all the good thoughts you want but unless you do something you know sorry folks it doesn't work that way so you're right action counts
0: it does It does, for sure.
1: And if you're afraid to take take action, do what I did and go tell everybody you're going to do it. And then you'll look like a fool if you don't.
0: (laughs) Accountability is key. Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: And it can be self-induced accountability. You 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 know, you can do that for yourself.
0: For sure. 100%. Awesome. Well, Mary, is there anything else that you want to chat about before we sign off?
1: Oh, and as I said, I, I love to talk. I love to share. Um, I've learned so much. I feel really, really blessed. Um, I just think people need to keep doing what they can while they can for as long as they can, because we never know what's coming down the road. And, you know, we're we live in a very, very fortunate time where so much knowledge, which is powerful, is available to us. And it's up to us to, to make a plan. But if we just sit on it and wait, you're the one who stuck with the regrets later on. I can't regret anything for anybody else because I didn't make the choice for them. So I think I probably said what you, what, what you have allowed me to say, to come out there and, and just encourage people to live fully. Don't hold back. No holds barred. Get out there and enjoy your life. Don't be <laughs> reckless. Be responsible. Don't break the law but there's so much
0: out there to do. There we go. Well, awesome. Mary, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Well, thanks for having me. This has been, a, uh, this has been great. I'm so impressed with you and I, I'm going to follow and hope that uh, I hear more things that, that you're doing. And uh, yeah, stay in touch and let me know where you're yeah, at.
0: For sure. I will definitely stay in touch. Awesome. Great. If you guys are listening to this and you loved what Mary had to say, You loved what she is about make sure to follow her on her journey she's going to be doing some fundraising for her next trip and go join her facebook group and tell her where to go and (laughs) shoot some shoot some money her way shoot a hundred shoot two hundred dollars over there
1: oh yeah lips to god's ears thank you timmy
0: (laughs) (laughs) to make her dreams come true and as we always ask send this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message